Here's a little something from the private stash. Oh my god, I'm gonna get fucked in a minute. Tim did drag you well, right on in with the merch. What? I understand. Did you say get fucked? Like, tell the truth? That's pretty much the uh, motive, uh, motive up we're in here. Factual about this. I can't factually believe how factual this is. Because the truth always hurts, right? Right? But what's the truth? Is the truth not fact? Yeah, which is why it's gonna hurt. Oh my god, are you serious? I gotta try some of this in a minute. Attention all cannabis enthusiasts around the world. In special service on the dopefiend.co.uk cannabis broadcasting network. This is Uncle Weed from Mosquito Creek with Tokes on the Porch. The town of PL has not changed significantly since my last journey. The population still remains under 700. And, the, and well, there's not much going on except for one important place to visit, and that's my uh, dear pal Hemp Ed. And Hemp, uh, Hemp Ed, it's great to be back here in your uh, well, in your little project room. How you been, brother? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Not much changed, other than uh, we're about to have a big change here in Washington State. That we in Colorado passed, uh, it, it will be legal by state law to consume cannabis. And we don't know how we're going to administer this. That's what our, in Washington State, Liquor Control Board is to determine for us. So we'll know here in the next month how we're to manage our growing operations, who will be permitted to grow, to sale to the processor, which will be a private enterprise that will process quality control and uh, distribution to the retail outlets. This is all to be determined within this year of 2013. So the way I understand it, there was like a year-long rulemaking process built into the uh, uh, into the new um, law. And now that that's all sort of being started out, I'm kind of surprised to see the Liquor Control Board coming out as the ones who control it. Because just uh, not a, more than a couple of years ago in Washington, the Liquor Control Board sort of, um, you know, they had a big loss in an election from their point of view, I suppose, where the... Uh, liquor stores were privatized. So now they don't have their own distribution method, but it seems like they're using the old liquor distribution, the three-tiered system of the producer, the um, the distributor, and the cons- and the retailer. That same model is what it sounds like. Pretty much it is, other than the state won't purchase any of it. It'll all be purchased by private enterprise and distributed through private enterprise. The state no longer has a distribution system and primarily will be a law enforcement arm of making sure everything is governed and administered properly. So from a retail standpoint, you know, I think that's where that's where most people are going to kind of bump up against the system. And it seems to me that they're making it uh, marginalizing the distrib- the, the final endpoint of retail. Like you won't be able to go into a vending machine like some people are dreaming of, or you can't just go in and buy it at a liquor store because those don't exist now, the government liquor stores. You know, w- but it doesn't seem like it would be at convenience stores. Instead, there's probably going to be a sense that they have to be away from schools and uh, churches or something like that. Do you, do you have any sense of how the retail uh, forecast looks? Well, I think something's going to have to be changed with the 100 feet, radius from schools or churches or government facilities, all these things. 
the city of Seattle, I saw a map the other day that wouldn't allow, wouldn't leave any room left for retail distribution. But the retail distribution, according to the initiative, apparently has to be strictly marijuana sales. You can't sell potato chips. You can't sell rolling papers. You can't sell anything along with it. Strictly just a store to buy marijuana. Totally. Hmm. That seems like it kind of ghettoizes and marginalizes it because this puts up a situation where there's going to be a marijuana shop and kind of a, a, an industrial or commercial, an industrial area town that's away from all those things. And so that sort of makes it right for, um, I guess, marginalization rather than mainstreaming, which is kind of the intent and the spirit of the law as I see it. Yeah. And also, on the other hand, there's legislation that's being accept- adopted into Washington state that is going to change everything around as far as the medical use of marijuana in Washington state now. They're going to force the gray area operating dispensaries. They're going to force them to buy these retail licenses, which won't, they won't be strictly for medical purposes anymore. Just anybody 21 years and over can come in and purchase. And also, if you're a medical patient, then you would go and get a card from the state and would allow you to get reduced prices because you wouldn't be paying taxes on it. No state taxes would be applied to it. So mm-hmm. you'd get a reduced rate that way. Mm-hmm. It's so convoluted right now that nobody has the answers. All these things are just being considered. Well, you know, in this case, Washington and Colorado and, and some other states to some extent are really the pioneers on this. And we know from uh, that pioneers uh, don't necessarily get it the easiest. Sometimes it's the settlers that come after us. So, you know, in this case, I think Washington has a, an opportunity to kind of take one for the team and kind of pioneer through some of this stuff and test the boundaries a little bit. But I think this dialogue and people actively being involved in the dialogue is critically important. Can you kind of tell me about cast of characters or inputs that are contributing to this conversation at a high level? Well, it's not only just Washington residents that are contributing. It seems like we've got some interested people from California that are up putting their um, two cents worth in the in the pie. Uh, anybody has a right now. The Liquor Control Board are, is having holding public hearings for anybody to go in and give testimony or present their their ideas to them. And the Liquor Control Board is the final arbiter on this, they will come up with these regulations. And I'm sure over the years, they're going to have to be revised, redeemed, whatever. Everything's going to have to change as this thing progresses. The federal government, on the other hand, just this last week, several representatives have sponsored not specific legislation, but a whole new way of looking at at the drug crisis in, in America and how they could probably solve it. There was somebody just came up with a comment not long ago, and I've been using this quite a bit myself, and saying that North America doesn't have a drug problem. It has a drug policy problem. And if we can fix the policy, the problem won't be here anymore. So I, it's really up in the air. And, and I know the big guns in opposition to all this haven't even played their hands yet. So we don't know where the Churches are going to come in line. We don't know where all the rest of this thing's going to happen. The politics haven't played out yet. Right, and all these other corporate interests. Because, you know, for years it was always talk about that uh, R.J. Reynolds has a whole 
marijuana product ready to go, packaging and everything, just waiting for somewhere to, you know, uh, or and, and these are all rumors and innuendos, but who knows what's to prevent big corporate players from coming in and, and invading a market and kind of commoditizing and taking the things that we love about uh, cannabis culture away in some way. So I, you know, and we talked a little bit about craft brew culture. Sure, there could be macro brews and also craft brew, but does that also inclo- include uh, homebrew? Um, is there any sense of uh, what sort of the legal parameters for a hobby grower who wants to have a dozen plants as a little project at home can do? Well, the way I understand it now, you can't. You will not be permitted to grow if you are just a consumer of recreational drug. That you must buy it through these retail outlets. And what the Liquor Control Board is wrestling with now are the parameters on what is going to consist a legal grow. Are there going to be limits on how much? one individual permit is allowed to grow. It's $1,000, $250 for an application fee, $100 for the license to grow. But are you limited to 50 pounds a year, 500 pounds a year, 1,000 pounds a year? There, at this point, there's no limits on this. It kind of goes against the capitalist system that we have that we would put limits and regulations on the, on the amount that one could grow. But in order to keep it a family farm structure or to make it to where an individual family could make a living at this, we feel, I feel, that there should be some upper limit on the amount that one permit can be issued to grow. Yeah. Uh, so that's, nothing is decided yet. But all the meetings that they've had, these few meetings that they've had so far, overwhelmingly from the audience, they are recommending uh, these small grows, 100 plants, maybe 200 plants, and that would be maximum that one permit would be able to allow. Mm-hmm. So it keeps it kind of a farmer's market-sized economy rather than a, a large-scale warehouse That's what we're hoping economy. for. And we would like to be able to put a stop on some of the, the pot coming in from other states or other countries and, <laughs> and just have this our own industry and support our own local local economy and not be just shoveling California pot through our taxing system. And the state would be happy with that, but it's not doing much else for the economy. Well, I think, again, we can draw an example to craft brewing because, you know, uh, beer geeks who uh, will see, search out and try everything from everywhere, but they also want to support their local breweries that they've built relationships with. And I suspect the same thing would happen about wanting to support your local growers and knowing just the same way that um, with the food we eat, we want to know where it comes from. It's a lot of fun and it's an enjoyable activity knowing who made your weed and, and that it was grown right down the street, perhaps right here in a town like PL. <laughs> well, I'm certainly we have the expertise here in our community to to supply a good portion of, of the need. But we, what we don't need is out-of-state marijuana coming in. Uh, it, although it would hit the tax base and the tax, the state would would derive revenue from it, the people that hold the permit are actually receiving smuggled product from out of from an area that is not legal to grow. So we don't want to contribute to their <clears throat> to their unlawful law enforcement practices. I guess that's where <laughs> we have to leave it. So we want to remain legal in our state. Well, you know, it's uh, it's been a long time coming, and uh, Ed, you and I have you know we've done a lot of projects where we are trying to educate and try and share resources with lawmakers about what a legal framework might uh, might look like. And certainly, there's other people contributing to that conversation. But it's interesting now to see how it has evolved and the special interests that come into play and how they want to parse it out. Liquor Control Board has an opportunity to rec- reclaim a significant amount of influence 
on a, on a major uh, economic force. Um, but there's also a lot of people who right now make a lot of money by growing illegal crops that could be negatively affected by this in some sort of strange uh, twist of irony. Do you think it will get to the point where the state sentiment is such that they just give up on busting even um, other people's grow shows or just a kid in a park smoking weed? Or is that still going to be, is that still just sort of to be determined? I believe right now they've pretty much given up on busting any marijuana growing operations in the state. But once the state starts receiving revenue from the these game, growing the games, change. the games change, and they'll they will be revenueers basically. They're going to be out looking for that still in the woods. It's not paying its share of taxes, so yeah. that's that's where we, that's the next revenueers, revenueers, jackbooted thugs, and now, and this is a big hit for the for the liquor control board. They lost fourteen hundred employees during the shift from state monopoly warehousing, and now letting that whole thing go to private enterprise. And they lost 1,400 employees. They will have to rehire a lot of employees to be law enforcement agents for this whole new policy that they're drafting now. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that in Colorado there was a program where every plant from clone to harvest was uh, barcoded and tracked. And like that kind of takes a little bit of fun out of the uh, – all of a sudden it's a nanny state. We've gone from a police state to a nanny state. Well, I hope they certainly don't go that far to every – and this was in the Colorado medical arena that the growers had to – trace all their track all their plants right so i'm sure the situation is different yeah and that's one thing that could kill all this too is if it's overly regulated and if it's overly regulated things will remain black market and the state won't get their revenue and we'll be working outside the law and it'll be called deemed a failure and i'm afraid we'll go right back into jackbooted thugness yowza well i think the uh, state of washington has a wonderful opportunity to set an example and keep the dialogue going um, you know, there's a little bit of a pioneer spirit still always been here in Washington State and a little bit of like, well, the ele- the U.S. elections are decided before our polls even close. So do we even yeah. count? So maybe this is a way that Washington can uh, uh, change the dialogue and give uh, some inspiration to some other states. And, um, well, for what I can say, it's uh, um, it's it's going to be interesting times, to say the least. And and maybe the, the end of one era of um, activism and the beginning of another as well. I become active over industrial hemp, and the state of Washington now gives the same privilege to a farmer to plant seed as it does to an individual over 21 to smoke marijuana in this state. But we're still afraid of the the feds coming in, and we have no means or methods of getting seed if they don't relax their regulations with China or Canada to procure seed to get it in here even to start this industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where it really where it began. I want to see I, I, I want to see the fiber board and the uh, building materials and the and and fiber products and definitely more more high level documentation research into the medical uses. I think this has been far overlooked. Yeah. What can we say? This uh, this uh, this finishes joint and uh, make sure the lights are cycled and get on about our day. I think we can accomplish that. <laughs> You've been shooting along. With 